So, you know, this podcast is generally recorded in a house full of animals, and while there do not, well, no, Sergei is in the room with us, there are others around, but uh, since he's asleep in the special cat bed with the heating pad, I don't expect him to be much Moving. of a bother. Yeah. He's in his happy place. Also, we swear a lot. This it's podcast true. is generally rated PG-13, not for explicit content, but because we swear a lot. And that's just kind of how it is. We try to be professional, but even professionals say fuck occasionally. It's true. Welcome to Productivity Alchemy, episode 22. Woo! This week we have an interview with our good friend Deb Kashiba. And I am really excited about it. We had a Deb is so cool. We had a great conversation at WindyCon, and I cannot wait to share this with everybody. In the meantime, here we are. It is the week of Thanksgiving. This is actually being released on Thanksgiving 2017 here in the United States. And so I'm getting ready for basically a winter purge over the course of the weekend, and we're going to pick up our chickens. Yes, our new chicken yes. friends for strong independent chicken. And while the automation package and the photo taking Raspberry Pi aren't quite where I want them to be. The door still opens and closes. The door opens and closes on time. There is food. So we'll just continue to adjust and as we you've, go. You've put the extra the extra wire around the outside. Somewhat. It needs some tightening up and we probably need a little more wire but I will be adding that. Because we don't want raccoons getting in, or possums getting into our chickens, even though it's pretty much given that at least one of them will at fall to predation. Point. Yeah. Because chickens are nature's cheeseburgers. That is very true. So I have kind of a, a busy but relaxing weekend ahead of me. Now this past weekend, one of the most restful things I did, and this sounds kind of ridiculous, is I essentially butchered a deer that had been, you know, properly licensed, hunted, blah, blah, blah. In fact, that was one of my long-term goals, as you all know, and I achieved it. Yes. I'm not going to get into any gory details because I know some people aren't into that, but right. I am proud of myself for having set a goal and achieved it. But for me, that became, you know, a to-do item because now there is a large hunk of basically meat that has to be broken down into edible parts and bones removed and all of the things that go into processing meat for human consumption. Any meat, chicken, yeah. cow, deer, right. pig. It doesn't matter if you are a meat eater, which we are, so any of our vegan listeners or vegetarian listeners, you probably want to skip ahead a couple minutes, but anytime a animal is consumed, you have to break it down. You can't just throw it into the deep fryer and, oh, look, it comes out. You, you do not get a chicken and the chicken magically becomes nuggets. There's work involved there. And it was immensely satisfying work because I could sit there and know start to finish when I was literally done, when I was about halfway. Point. It had an end point. And there was something really good about being able to focus on a single task and just go through it until it's done, done. And there was a point where I was like, yeah, no, I've got all the, 
got all the the scraps and little pieces of meat that aren't part of larger things and didn't go into the cubed for stew pile and I'm like well I'll grind that later I'm like well I got 30 minutes until the next thing I'm supposed to be doing I'll just grind it now and before I knew it it was the job was just done it was really satisfying to be able to sit down and, and focus and do a job that had a start a middle and an end and it wasn't no interruptions no uh, what's the right term I'm looking for here no thought process that okay well when I finish this thing I'm gonna have to do it all over again in five minutes no I mean once done it it's was a done. finite task it was a finite task and it would it looked like a very big task and and it wasn't a small task as no, such, but no. it it was one that that you could complete and and at the end you had a lot to show for it the freezer's yes. full of meat now yeah it is and I think part of it was that while it looked like a really big task, part of what you have to do is you have to break it down into smaller tasks. You are basically disassembling this deer, and first you take the big thing and you make it into about four or five smaller things, and then you take those four or five smaller things and you start to get the cuts of meat off of them. So by the time you're done, you've essentially created a whole bunch of little tasks that add up to having done one really big thing. But it was really zen. It, it sounds weird to say that. It was really zen to just, this is what I'm focused on. This is what I'm doing. I could dedicate everything to it. I didn't have to worry about the dogs uh, because they were far away and locked out. I didn't have to worry about anyone interrupting me. You had the tools. You I had, had good tools. I for had it. good tools for the job, and it was immensely satisfying. Anytime I have a task like that, that has a, a finite run, that even if I don't have the right tools, I have a close approximation of the right tools that I can just sit down and do. It's 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 a beautiful thing, and it's not like at work where even if I have one task that I get done, it very often isn't the last time I'm going to have to look at that same thing. I'm going to have to come back to it and perform another set of tasks. Nothing is ever complete except for small chunks of tasks. The big, in a lot of ways, because we're transitioning to, to a DevOps shop, because we work in an agile environment, because we're always evolving, it's never, there's never a point where we can say, this is done let's move on to the next thing it's all right this is done but we need to add x y and z this is okay that part is done but now we have to go back and you know adjust a b and c and that gets very wearisome because your sense of accomplishment gets really skewed if you can't stop and say that is done and i don't have to worry about it anymore the it's uh, there's a thing like that with books too there is mm -hmm. a frequently a point where like you write the book Right. You finish the book, and then you have to come back and edit the book. And then you think the book is done, and now there's copy edits. Mm -hmm. And so you, there comes a point on almost every book, no matter how much you love it, when you want to take the book out behind the barn and beat the crap out of it and bury it in a shallow grave and never see the book again. Because you're never done. But then there is a point where it's published, and you're done. And now 
that book is over and you never have to write it again but it takes so long to get there it takes so long to get there yeah and one of the great things about being in the modern IT world is that we're constantly evolving we're constantly growing we're constantly improving the drawback to it I often find is that we're never done we're never done done Whereas you are never going to have to patch that deer, upgrade that deer, exactly, re revisit it. No, it did, mm -hmm. we just get to eat it. At right. Some point. Once now, I never have to, unless it breaks. I never have to worry about that automatic door again. I might have to go out and replace the batteries, but I don't have to take it apart and improve it. I don't have to, if I don't want to. I don't have to change anything on it. I can let it go. I want to have some stuff on it so I can tell when it's open and closed and things like that. But that's, that's tinkering. That's tinkering. That's not the same as, all right, two weeks have gone by. Now I am going to go out and replace parts of the door to make it better. And then in another two weeks, the next set of parts comes in and I do it all over again. And then the next set of, you know, and, and that constant churn. It's immensely satisfying what I do when I, I hit a point where I can say, look at that thing I've done. But it also can be very wearing, and I think anyone in IT will tell you that. Because even when you finish task A, task B is there, and many times, especially if you're help desk or something like that, task B is a repeat of task A. And you're just doing the same task over and over again with different usernames or different customer names or things like that. We are a strange combination of very high tech and very low tech. On we this are, show. <laughs> and that's and that's, I think, part of being a a modern. We're kind of modern hippies in a lot of ways. A hippie locavore. Yeah. Yeah, I I don't really go for hippie because I'm a metalhead and I like my EDM and I'm not all peace love and let's all just. But you like the woods. But I like the woods. Yeah. I do. There is something to be said about... You're so peace and love. You love people. I... It's... it's Sometimes it's a love-hate relationship. You I like... You kittens. I do. I like individuals. Very often I like individuals. And I like groups, subgroups. But as a whole, I'm not a big fan of humanity as a big whole. I'm a big fan of our fans. Every time I get to meet one of our fans, it's exciting and it's wonderful. Every time we go to a convention and we're meeting con runners and we're meeting people who we may never see again, that's that's sort of like the best of humanity. If you want to see the worst of humanity, don't do this. Go look at YouTube comments, <laughs> right? Go look at, at, at what's going on outside, you know, of this bubble we kind of construct around ourselves. And it's really easy to go, I really don't like the bulk of humanity. I like the ones I can have personal interactions okay, with. I think bubble is, is a term that gets thrown around too much, as in you live in your own little bubble. Well, yeah. A, everybody lives in their bubble. And yes. B, it is okay to curate your life experience. It there does that, not yeah. make you a better human being to read the YouTube comments. Nope. It does nope. not make you wiser, stronger, or more joyful. No. So, you know... Which, which reminds me, slight tangent, my boss, who I interviewed for the show, uh, Eugene, his wife, Candace, has a YouTube channel for their pit bull. Okay. And Mugen is a great dog. I love Mugen. Anytime I visit them in Jersey, I probably spend at least an hour playing tug of war with her ATV tire, or <laughs> there's a loose carpet in their attic, 
and that's where their computer room and, and whatever room is and she will grab one end and I will grab the other and she gets frustrated because I don't give up and I'm dragging her around the floor and she thinks this is just wonderful <laughs> uh, they think it's wonderful too because it tires her out <laughs> yes but they have a YouTube channel and I'll link it in this week's show notes and she just posted a video about don't feed the trolls and be nice to animals and help out you know Mugen and other rescue dogs and things like that and it is brilliant and it is wonderful and it's kind of funny too and it's just a, a fantastic thing so I'm going to link that in the show notes this week because it's sort of a, a nice affirming thing of don't look down there and read those comments I mean leave a positive comment but don't be like those people down there because they're assholes it was great um, I really love talking to Candace when I can and hanging out when I get up there outside of the professional environment you know I mean Jean's my boss so there's only so much you can do about that but they're just good people in general and plus you know there's never been a dog who wants to play with you that you have not turned to mush over well yes <laughs> and the difficulty is that dogs just sort of want to play with me sometimes when they're not supposed to yes Yes. It's very difficult when there's a dog working and the dog is like, hey, what's going on with you? And I'm like, I can't. You're working right now. And the dog's like, oh, right. <laughs> Some dogs are good about that and are just like, sorry, I'm working right now. Do not be a bother. And there are some breeds that while they're really good at their jobs, after a long day, get a little squirrelish. You know, squirrel, squirrel. Kevin, I bet he'll pet me and play with me. No, no, you're, you're working right now. Okay. It, um, it's well, you you do give off the the Doctor Doolittle vibe, so you know. so so I've been told. <laughs> so, oh wombat test subject. Oh yes. What have you accomplished? You still haven't tried to remember the milk. I'm I guessing. have. You have. Yes. Excellent. It's basically Wonderless with too many bells and whistles. In a lot of ways. It's it's like I ch and it's not. I, there was a simplicity to Wonderlist I loved in that it was just a list. Right. And you could move stuff around on the list and you could check off when stuff was done. Right. And I can make Remember the Milk do that. Yeah. There's just, uh, it's like, do you want to share, share this task? Tag this task. Assign this task to someone else. You've been assigned this task by someone. And it's like, okay, I can see how that would be useful for other people. It's not mm -hmm. for me. Um... So, I feel ungrateful in that, but it feels like, you know, I I just want to... Okay, you know how it drives you nuts when I have a flathead screwdriver I need screwed in and I grab a butter knife? Yes, that drives me insane. Well, this is like somebody handing me a, a power drill. Okay. And being like, here, you can screw the thing in with this. And... It's, I, it's way too much for the job. It's it? way too much for the job. It's like, yes, okay, I could, but odds are good. I'll wind up putting that screw through, like, the back wall if I try. Possibly my forehead. I'm used to using a butter knife. I'm willing to compromise on a flathead screwdriver, which is what Wonderlist was. And, right. only, you know, it wasn't even a Phillips. No, no, it really wasn't. And But all I needed was the flathead screwdriver and or a butter knife. and So, did... <laughs> The question I have then is, do all of those, do you want to do X, do you want to do Y, do they like pop up once 
and then you don't you can say I don't want to see this again or every time you add a task it's suggesting helpful things uh, mostly I've been finding and and I only ran it through its paces real quick I haven't switched over to it yet right, because right. I'm doing my I'm tracking my word count by month okay so, so you want to get to the end of the month I want to get to the end of the month at least on Wonderlist. I miss my pretty photo in the background. I can see that, yeah. Um, it's, it's fine. It's just, you know, it's overpowered for what I want. And it's like, sign into our program and remember your password. And I'm like, you know, I just want an iPad app that makes a little list with checkboxes. And I can have a couple of lists. And also, it's got some pre-assigned, uh... Uh, lists that I can't figure out how to get rid of. Like, I don't need a study list. You don't. It's never going to come up. I just need to create a list that says, you know, word count November 2017 and I can, do that. I can probably help you with that. Possibly, yeah. It's it's fine. It's just, um, and I'll probably end up using it. I just, I I miss the streamlined simplicity of Wonderlist. And this is just so much. So the interesting question will be, when they finally retire Wonderlist... And it becomes, I guess, Microsoft Tasks or something integrated with the rest of their suite. Yeah. Will they keep that simplicity or will it be over-engineered? It'll be very interesting to see when that comes out. And I'm still, you know, using um, Fantastical to keep my yeah. appointments. Like, Absolutely. Uh, That's is, a great app. Yeah, it's yeah. a fine app. Um, but I just have so few daily appointments that it doesn't come up much. Right. You're not like me who, for work, I kind of live in... I have to... I'm not going to say live and die, but I spend far too much time looking at my Outlook calendar saying how much time have I got before my next meeting a lot of days. Yeah. Very, very frustrating. Tuesdays and Thursdays are the bad days. Wednesday's only bad because I have a late meeting... And so that always throws me a little off. It was nice they canceled it like two days early. So it's like, oh, I don't have to worry about that thing from 5 to 6.30 today. Woo. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's I'll, I'll end up using it probably, mm -hmm. but it's fine. Yeah. Did yeah. you try, did you try the built-in reminders on iOS and Mac OS? Reminders. Yes, it is the built-in Mac to-do list, and it is just that. It is nothing but a plain to-do list. Uh, well, the thing is that I end up using Wonderlist as a to-done list. I track my word count with it. Okay. So there's not really... Uh, I, I can't go to Reminders and be like, remind me that I wrote 500 words. Well, it doesn't necessarily have to have a, a remind... You don't have to put in like a timer remind me. It's Overall, it's a very simple to-do list. It's just called Reminders because... I don't know, putting down to-do list was probably too simple for Apple. Although they have mail and calendar, so I don't know why it's reminders and not mail, calendar, to-do. So, but it's all integrated into the whole Mac ecosystem. So you can use it on your, if you use it on your iPad, it automatically syncs through your iCloud account to your Macs and your phone and all that stuff. Yeah. Which may be, again, a little overkill for you. Uh, they, I am not the standard use case for the world. True. Um. Very true. <laughs> Kevin is kidding. <laughs> well, I think... Lord, ain't that the truth. Look. Yeah, but every artist I've talked to has a different method and a different way of doing it. Your way is very different from Liz's way. Yeah, yeah. Who we interviewed, I think, like episode four, three or four. 
your way is also going to be very different from your way is very different from Merle Lafferty's oh, yeah. way. So it's one of the reasons I'm trying to talk to the different authors and the different artists and all the different people is because what applies for you applies for you, but it doesn't apply to necessarily anyone else. <laughs> More often than not, mm -hmm. it definitely doesn't yep. apply to anyone else. Somewhere out there, there's a person who works exactly like me, and um, hopefully the two of us will never actually meet, or else the world universe will explode. I was thinking more along the lines of, uh, hopefully the two of you never collaborate, <laughs> because it will drive two significant others up a wall separately. Thinking of people with significant others who help them get stuff done. Our interview, like I said, is with Deb Kashiba. She is awesome. Her partner, Phoenix, is a fantastic guy. He comes in at the very end because we were at WindyCon in their room, and he shows up like at the very end going, oh, wait, are you doing what now? So I want you guys to listen to this. It was a great time, and I really hope you enjoy it. So, hi folks, we are here at WindyCon. Yay, WindyCon. Yay, WindyCon. We, we love WindyCon. And I'm sitting with head of media this year? No, uh, publications. Publications. Um, Deb Kashiba. Mm -hmm. And so we're going to do a quick interview about keeping organized because Deb does a lot of stuff and probably <laughs> has to do a lot of organizing. So, Deb, can you please introduce yourself and what you do I guess we'll call it professionally or okay well professionally uh my my husband me my husband and myself we have a company called sewage street studios we make mm -hmm. vinyl decals we specialize in reflective safety decals mm -hmm. so when you're driving down the street and you see those glowy stickers on a police car we use the same dang material but we make smaller for like bicycle helmets and motorcycles mm -hmm. and fancy designs too yep yep it's all our own work yeah um so the question that comes up is how do you keep yourself organized how do I keep myself organized? Um, well, it's a lot of catching as you go. Um, the the big stuff, it, it's it's just there. I mean, I mean, daily I've got the filling the orders, the answering right, the customer right. emails, that stuff. It just happens. Um, we use uh, Google Calendar, so mm -hmm. we've got we've got a shared company calendar that uh, our ourself and our, our staffer has. Uh, we have our personal calendars, so mm -hmm. and, and he has full control over my personal calendar because I can't keep track of that. Um, we use Google Keep, uh, okay. which is where we share notes. Um, so lists, I I live by lists. Um, I, you, you can't see on the radio here, but I've got my books, which have the lists. All the lists. All yeah. the lists. And uh, so lists that I need to either share with him or if we are out somewhere and I don't have my books with me, the lists go in there. And the nice thing about Google Keep is that we can separate out the lists to different categories. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, it's a lot like having a, a shared um, sticky notes yeah. that everybody can edit at the same time, as yep. it were. So what habits 
or additional systems because you Google Calendar is obviously important, keeps mm. very important, but what habits uh, or other kind of systems are important to you as part of this? My notebooks, which I'm tapping here over. You, you are, yeah. Um, so I'm about to hold these up and describe them. I have I have in here a big one and a little one. Mm -hmm. I, I don't use the big one quite as much anymore because uh, it's it's big. Uh, since I've moved more to doing things on my phone, I don't use the big one as much. It's a, mm -hmm. it's an Oberon leather cover yeah. with a uh, custom made insert with um, basically. Oh, look at all those lists. Oh yes, <laughs> yes. everything. Is so in there. Yeah. so I just it's just one big running list, and as mm -hmm. I finish things, I'll just I'll scratch them off. Periodically, I will go back through the book, and things that haven't been scratched off get created on the new running list. It's sort of like bullet journaling, only not nearly as much work. Um. Well, no, it, it, it's, it, I think, as we've touched on on other shows, bullet journaling in its pure form shouldn't be that much work. When people start getting into the, well, I want the fancy page, and I want this and that, then it starts to become more work to keep the bullet journal than it does to actually get done with what you want to get done and while the artistic expression in bullet journals is awesome the whole purpose is here's the list and it keeps moving and rolling and and that's exactly mm -hmm. what this is is the list just keeps keeps rolling and moving and mm -hmm. rolling um I, I do have a system that on the right hand side are my notes and on the left hand side are sketches and doodles um you should have space for that anyone yeah. who doesn't leave space because you're gonna sketch and doodle and you might as well have a dedicated space. I know Ursula did that on her her paper planner pages. Yeah, um, and this is this is actually um, index card material. Okay. And so it's not lined. It's nice little little bit heavier. Has mm -hmm. a nicer feel to it. But I don't use that one as much. I moved to the little baby Oberon. Ah, yeah. <laughs> With the custom insert that I had Again, made. Yeah. Um, and these days I'm playing with my uh, brand new fountain pen because ah. I do everything digital. And right. I I was pining for something that wasn't digital. <laughs> no, I understand <laughs> that completely. Yeah. So so you you you're making you have custom notebooks now. Are you ordering those from someone specifically? You're making them yourselves. Well, you can order the Oberon covers from Oberon. That's, oh yeah. That's not a problem. The the big notebooks they they actually come with your standard uh, sketchbook insert bound thing. Yeah. Uh, I like a notebook that lies flat. I like a heavier cardstock material and mm -hmm. I don't want lines. So I literally go to uh, the um, Office Max near me and I, okay. I grab the stack of three by five index cards <laughs> and I say bind this please. Oh. I'm writing rapidly. <laughs> um, the, the one thing that is truly custom um, mm -hmm. is that I do make my own hard covers in here because if you just slide the the paper in there, it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't right. yeah. Uh, so I, I do I do drill out my own hardcover using the holes as a guide. Mm -hmm. Cool. Yeah, I love. I actually have a couple of Oberon covers and I love them. They just don't fit anything I have. Okay. And if I wanted to use an Oberon cover, I think I have to pay a lot of money to get one custom done. Okay. Which is a little different than than that, but I, I may start tuning a little because I really like my the one. Oberon cover I have around a journal that I'm not using because it's not the kind of paper I want to keep with me. So yeah. Well, that's a little small. Well, no, the, this 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 is the podcast specific notebook, okay. so it's it's a little different. The yeah. small Oberon covers, mm -hmm. according to the website, are designed to hold that little notebook that Moleskine. everybody Moleskines, mm -hmm. yes, it, it's specifically designed to hold those. Yeah, yeah, it's the the bigger one. I am a big fan <laughs> of the. Ink and Volt planner, mm -hmm. the Volt planner, and it is slightly larger than the size for 
the junior or compact or whatever it is, the the eight and a half by five. It's a little bit larger, mm -hmm. so I tried to put it in my Oberon cover, and I'm just like stretching and going, okay, this isn't gonna work. Take it so. to your local Kinkos or, or office manager, or whatever. Have them chop. Chop off the chop the, off the access and then of the of the hardback. Yeah, yeah. Um, they'll, they'll do that. So. <laughs> I might do that. Uh, I'm debating whether I'm gonna be buying another Volt or not this year, but because I got into the customization thing. We're, we're digressing a little. Oh, yeah. You get the idea. What would you say the biggest help or best advice given to you has been? Um, there's a couple, and this is where I get kind of gushy. That's fine. Um, I have, when, when I was, when I was like fully ramping up to being able to do, because you, you, you're younger, it doesn't work, and, and I hit this point in my life where I'm like, I can do now. Um, there were two major influences, and one of mm -hmm. them, this is gush, is Ursula. Oh, um, goodness. <laughs> she was going through uh, major life events, and she was writing about them. And, is this her divorce? Yeah. Um, and despite <laughs> this, she still managed to put something on LiveJournal every single day. Yeah. Every single day. And on top of that, she once posted that um, she had to get some paintings done. And being in this empty apartment that she was in, she didn't have an easel. She didn't have a studio. She was kneeling in front of her couch, using her couch as an easel and painting. And I'm like, that, oh, you can't see the gesture on the radio. Right there. That yeah. is, don't let anything stop you. Right. Do what you need to do to get done yeah. what you got to get done. Um, wow, okay. So that's. She's going to be so flattered when she hears that, right? <laughs> um so and but one of the things that Ursula has also said is that no matter where she ended up, she was going to be making art. Mm -hmm. The art has to get made. It's not like she has a choice in the matter. Right. So there, some of that was driving it. And I know that a lot of people <coughs> really appreciated how open she was and how open both of us are, I guess, about those sorts of challenges. Yeah. And uh, she's still going to squeal a little when I tell her later. <laughs> um, so, all right, that's one. What was that's the second one? one? The other one, um, back in the dawn of podcast, not podcasting, uh, blogging, when you yes. had A-list bloggers and B-list bloggers, there was a blogger by the name of Naomi Dunford. Okay. And she had a website called ittybiz.com. Uh, and she gave a lot of really good advice for itty business. Okay. Um, she has since moved to more marketing uh, guidance for little, little itty business, yeah, teaching yeah, yeah. how to do mailing lists and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, but when she was first starting out, she shared a lot of that emotional stuff that, that mm -hmm. Ursula was sharing as well. Uh, she had just had a, a new baby and and I mean, she posted about how her hand got stuck in a wine box. And, mm -hmm. and But through it all, she continued to produce uh, and she talked about things like not letting the tiger eat your face. The tiger's not going to eat your face. Uh, Correct. Yeah. And, uh, and and when we get to the failure part of this, mm -hmm. uh, I'll talk about we'll this talk some about more, that. Yeah. is that we are wired to treat everything as a huge disaster. Mm -hmm. And she's like, if you if you forget to, to change the litter box, are you going to be living in a cardboard box on the curb? No. No. <laughs> no, you're not. Now, now she, she did at one point say, look, if, if, if whatever it is is going to cause you to do that, well, then that's a different, that's a story, different story. Different story yeah. But the vast majority of things are not going to end in disaster. So just do them. Just get <laughs> off your butt and do it and make the mistakes and learn from those mistakes and grow and just just do. Yes. Just do. That's, that's a great line. <laughs> I might steal that one. Um, 
So what about rewards? How do you reward yourself? Um, there's uh, micro rewards, lots of micro rewards. Uh, okay. uh, going back to Naomi Dunford, she, she coined a phrase uh, called salamatizing. Okay. It, it's very similar to how to eat a whale. One bite at a time. Okay, so you take your project, it's this big giant salami, and, and you're not even slicing it into, but you're slicing it into salami slices, those thin ones you can hold up yeah. and see through. Salamatize that project. <laughs> and so I will do I will do little bursts of productivity. Steal that salamatization. Too. Yeah, salamatization. Yeah. Uh, many, many little bursts of, of uh, this, this is even smaller than the whole Pomodoro thing that you talk about. Yeah. We're talking like 15, 20 minutes tops. And then my reward is I can have a sip of my coffee. I can I can go get a, a new cheese stick. I can go pee. I can I micro mean, just, rewards. Micro rewards. Interesting. So, <coughs> so they're not they're not big ones, but they it's like okay, I've achieved this little task. I get this little reward. I can now do the next go task. Go to the next task. Yeah. And, and again, the lists because mm -hmm. then I'm like, what's the next task? What's the next task? Right. What's the next task? Right, right, right. So those are the micro rewards. The big rewards. Um, I don't do a lot of that. I don't buy myself things. I don't. I don't do that kind of reward. Strangely enough, my reward for getting the the regular tasks done is I get to do the fun work. Okay. I get to I get to look at the back end code on my website and figure out why the printout <laughs> on the invoice is six point instead of seven points. Oh, I get to God, yeah, I yeah. get to play with if this and that and figure out how to. Uh, 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 automate some of my social media that mm -hmm. the stuff that's it's work yes mm -hmm. but it's 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 fun it's puzzles i get my hands dirty i, right. I well dirty in terms of computers <laughs> well, you no know, believe me i've i've been inside some code bases where you want to go won't have a shower with steel wool after you've, <laughs> you've, you've written code in them yes no, okay. i'm aware so so the big rewards are i get to i get to play but the play is the other work that well, yeah. <laughs> you're talking to the guy who's currently play is designing embedded systems to automate a chicken coop so i'm with you on that yeah, one. yeah, yeah. exactly then the next question that you already alluded to, what about when you fail? Um, yeah, again, I started that rant. There is there is no failure, and it's not because I am perfect or, or anything. It's that um, nothing I do is going to result in, in me being, living in a box on, on the curb. Right. Um, so, yeah, fine. Um, my website might look a little kludgy for three months. That's not a failure. I'm not going to kick myself for that. This one product I developed, it's not. It might not sell. So what? It's not a failure. I'm not going to kick myself. And you're you're an on-demand business, so it's not like you have 1,500 units to, or you're you're on-demand, so it's not like you have 1,500 units in stock that are gathering dust. And you're like, well, there's money wasted, right? Oh, there's a little bit of that because we have inventory for shows. But you're correct. Right, right. You're correct. Um, so, I it just it it bothers me that mm -hmm. uh, some of my friends. They really tear themselves apart for the smallest little trivial errors, mm -hmm. and they they do use the words like "oh, I'm a failure," "I disappointed you," "I, oh, I I, I can't do this." I'm like, you got like ninety eight percent of it perfect. Don't bash yourself over this two percent that got wrong. Uh, one of my favorite sayings is "perfect is the enemy of done." Yeah. Yes. Yes. Uh, okay. So so I used to work at a company. Um, I used to work at a company that uh, designed seasonal giftware. Oh, so anytime, oh, right. I remember. Yeah, yeah. Anytime yeah. you walk into Walmart or Target and there's that Christmas aisle 
of uh, prepackaged gift crap because you drew somebody's name in the office pool and yeah. you got 20 mm -hmm. bucks to spend. I designed that crap. Oh, okay. yeah, sorry. Yeah, language is nope. again. The <laughs> language is not a problem. I, I, I designed that crap. We uh, cranked out hundreds of products a season. Yeah. And so there was no time for fussing over the failure. Okay, it's not perfect. It's fine. Move on. Uh, it, it is what it is. That's where I yeah. learned the phrase. It is what it is. Move on. <laughs> Next one. Because we do not have time to, to worry about this. Because you know what? Christmas is in half a year. we got to get the product out. No one's going to care. Someone's yep. going to buy it. Give it to someone else and then throw it in the garbage anyway. So just move on. Yeah. You just, you just, you just got to get the designs <laughs> to the manufacturer so the manufacturer can get the stock and ship it in yep. time yep. for it to be on shelves in September. Yep. And so mm -hmm. it is what it is. Yeah. And move on. Next. Yeah. So that's actually all the questions <laughs> that go on the list. No, it's it's, okay. it's this is how we do it. But so, do you have anything else to to you want to share with the audience or uh, expound on anything else you've you've talked about? Well, um, one of the things that uh, and this is the, I apologize, this is going to go on online. No, that's um, fine. That's fine. The uh, one of the reasons I, I talked to you on on Facebook about mm -hmm. the subjects is I was also thinking about talking about the uh, challenges of leading an all-volunteer organization oh you're yeah no preaching <laughs> the choir on that one because uh i'm currently on the board of my third nonprofit, as it were yeah okay so not that i founded three nonprofits. it's just that i work for a nonprofit in a volunteer in the next and i slowly end up on the board so it's sometimes it's not even slow so i'm i am more than happy to talk about some of the the challenges okay in keeping um Nonprofits, volunteer organizations organized because there is a lot of challenge there. Oh, that yeah. I don't think anyone talks about or warns people about. All right, well, do you want to start from the top of the list? Stop. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, we, we, we can do that, or we can just fall through. I don't think you need to introduce yourself. Uh, well, right on that. In, in that context, uh, mm -hmm. I chaired uh, WindyCon a couple of years ago, and I chaired two Capricorns like mm -hmm. a decade ago. Um, both are volunteer organizations in the Chicago area, science fiction yeah. conventions. Very similar in makeup, although slightly different. Because right, oh believe yeah. me, every con has its own. Every every event has its own um, set of challenges and its own set of internal politics. And even if it is Chicago, where there is a large cross pollinization of people across all of them, yeah, it, you know, it's not the same. It's not the same. Yeah. Um, so the how how do you keep uh, organized? Um, yeah. That one, that one was an interesting challenge because you're dealing with um, volunteers, and yep. they're all working out of their homes. They're not working in an office. There's mm -hmm. no corporate culture saying you you must use uh, uh, Slack, you must use Outlook. There's there is none of that. Right. Um, and so one of the bigger challenges is learning that you cannot mandate that because they won't mm -hmm. they won't adopt it. I tried. This is before everybody started really using it properly, but I tried using. A, uh, a Google website that I created with all our shared documents mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. our, our planning timeline calendar. I had all that, and I got buy-in from maybe 20 people on that kind of go. Mm -hmm. And so <laughs> it's not, mm -hmm. you, the, the, the trick is to learn how to meet them where they are. So this person's better on Facebook. This person's better on phone. This person's better on email. This person, for some reason, still uses Pine. I don't know why. <laughs> I know why, but I'm a Unix guy. The, the interesting thing about it is last year at All Things Open, not this year mm -hmm. at All Things Open, last year at All Things Open, uh, I attended to talk about uh, organizational culture change. Mm -hmm. And part of this ties into that is that 
every organization has its culture, whether it's in how they do things or how people interact. And when enacting something like, here's a new piece of technology, we're clearing house with all the information you need, and nobody wants to use it, you're trying, <laughs> you're, you're, you're trying to force culture change. And yeah. so what you've got to do is guide the change. You, you, can't, you can't guide the change necessarily to where you want it to be, <coughs> but you can set up the conditions to improve it to a point where maybe you reach that middle ground where, yes, we have a central clearinghouse, but instead of being the Google site you set up, maybe someone's thrown together a, a wiki, and that's where it's all happening. Or, you know, Slack grows organically in organizations much more than, than um, a company mandate, as we found in adopting it. We adopted it for my department at work work, and because we were so successful with it, other groups started getting in. So we didn't, we didn't come in with the mandate, you must use this. We sort of showed the change in what was possible. And the rest of the organization came around to it. Now, they might have changed their mind and said, no, the developers use this other thing, this other commercial product, and we are, and now there's a company. Actually, we have that, because there's a company mandate that our official chat client is Microsoft Skype for Business, which is crap, mm -hmm. and universally everyone's crap, and no one uses it for a large part because Slack is so much easier for all of us to work with, but there's still the, the, the company coming in and saying, this is what you'll use, even if it sucks, because this is what you'll use, but the culture is not using that. The culture is using this other thing. Yeah. So, and that's... Same sort of thing happens in, in volunteer orgs. Trust me, I know. The current chair tried to use Slack. I think three mm -hmm. people signed up for it. <laughs> so we are. Yeah, no. but, but going back to the, the Google Docs mm -hmm. thing is that it's through my involvement with over the years, through interacting with other departments, I use Google Docs. <laughs> so, hey, Deb, can, can I get that flyer? Here's the link on Google Docs. Hey, Deb, where's that uh, mm -hmm. contact list? Here's the link on Google Docs. And so it, instead of from a chair position saying, use this tool mm -hmm. from a lower level position, I've been showing the benefits of using this thing. Right. And over the last couple of years, people have gotten more used to sharing stuff on the cloud than they had been. And I think, and that's also a, a shift that's happened, I think, in the last five, 10 years, probably the five years for sure, yeah. is that people are much more comfortable with you know, I have a Google Mail account, so using Google Docs or having a Google Docs is just sort of like second nature yep. kind of thing. Or, you know, they have an Outlook.com, so sharing something through Office 365, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, if they have a, if they have an Android mm -hmm. phone, it's automatically uploading their photos to, to their Google, Google Drive, yeah. mm -hmm. so now they're used to being in there. Mm -hmm. um, so then there's the question of how to how to motivate. Motivation is, is a tough one for this too, yeah. Um, and... There were two things that I, tools, I, I hate saying tools, but mm -hmm. um, one, you've, the, the people running this convention, they've been running this convention longer than I've been in fandom. So oh, yeah. chairs come, chairs go, but they've been there and they know. They the know. board is the board. Um, so one of the tools is to show that you are as dedicated and enthusiastic, or even more dedicated and enthusiastic mm -hmm. as, than they are. Uh, to put in as much time or more as they put in to be there to answer their questions whenever they need their questions answered, to, right. to be responsive as you can. And the other one is praise, 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 praise. praise. Yeah, no. Hugs, praise, praise. Mm -hmm. for, for a fandom that's often very uh, uh, awkward socially, both sci-fi fandom and 
furry fandom <laughs> are very much on the 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 hugs and the praise oh yeah and the surprisingly touchy-feely for a bunch of people who actually would only come together in groups for cons and the rest of the time don't want to talk to people <laughs> right um but you give them a huggy, tell them how awesome they're doing, and oh, yeah. they will be happy to do what they're mm -hmm. doing. Can't do that in a corporate setting. No. No. no I mean, you can do the praise bit, but the hug and the, yeah, that, that yeah. that's usually a lawsuit waiting to happen. Um, and then we get to the, uh, so that was that was the rewards is, mm -hmm. is the praise. Yeah. And the failures, again, the convention's going to happen. It, oh, it, yeah. It, 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 is, it is going to happen. The it doesn't really matter. There is, there's no failure. There's just degrees of not implementing all the things you wanted to implement. And right. so, uh, yeah, you didn't have that one special feature that you had hoped to have. You're not a failure. The convention still happened. Right. People are still here having a good time. Yes. And, and in fact, if you don't tell them that you had planned this thing that didn't happen, they don't know. So, you know, often, yeah. <laughs> if you make a big deal pre-launch and then like the day before find out you're yeah. not going to get the part, then you're in trouble. But if it's like, surprise, here at Open Cameras, here's this new awesome thing we've got, that's yeah. different, completely different. Yeah. So I, I think I think mm -hmm. we went through that pretty quickly. We did, yeah. <laughs> well, because a lot of it would have been overlapping with you keep your lists to keep oh, yourself yeah. organized. Lists, and, lists. and And, um, you know, the, the rewards are still going to be the same, especially with all the hard work you put in for the publications at WindyCon. Cool. Now you get to, for the first time, I think, in a couple years, you get to sit back and relax and enjoy the con and not have to run around like yeah. because something's on fire you have to deal with. And I think that may even be the best reward you've given yourself for a while. Yeah, no, that that's one of the nice things about pubs is, mm -hmm. is a couple weeks before the convention, you're, you're, you're done. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there's a typo. Well, that's too bad. Um, yeah, unfortunately, there was a lot of that this year. <laughs> typos happen, I guess. <laughs> but again, not a failure. It got to the printer. It's That's at right. the convention. Right. Yay! Everything works. So yeah. Thank you very much, Deb. Thank Always you. Always fun to hang out. I would give you the the traditional handshake, but because you're consistently coughing into your hands, nothing personal. <laughs> we'll do air hug. Air hug. Air hug. Air air hug. hug. There we All go. Right, there yeah. we go. <laughs> okay. All right. Thanks. Thank you. And we are back. I hope you enjoyed that talk with Deb. I had a good time talking to Deb. Woo! And she gave me a new Bone Claw Mother sticker for my new laptop. Yes. Because she's the person who did all the Digger Kickstarter stickers. She does such gorgeous vinyl stickers. I have chickens on my car. She really does. In the show notes, we'll have a link to her shop. Yes. Where you can order your own stickers from either her collection i don't know how much custom work stuff does because i haven't really and the one thing i forgot to talk to her about at WindyCon was to license out the digger stickers uh, well. <laughs> so thinking of WindyCon, that is our code for this week WindyCon, w-i-n-d-y-c-o-n which is where we were before the last episode and it was fantastic had a lot of fun oh yeah 
talk to the podcast panel, talk to the D&D, the, the Game Master Storyteller 101 panel. That was a, a fun one. The the 10 or 20 people who crammed into a room for uh, my reading. Oh, Thank yeah. Thank you, guys. Yeah. Uh, you got to hear a sneak preview of the thing with the magic sword. Yep. So that is it for this week. Everybody who is going to a holiday gathering i guess today because it's thanksgiving on release day drive safe be safe enjoy the your time strength to your arm yeah if you have to provide technical support to your family <laughs> i'm really sorry good luck if but, your family exasperates you again good luck good luck and and, and i will put in a plug uh, there is a lot of stuff online these days about um you know, you have to talk to your racist relatives at Thanksgiving. So shout out of solidarity for all of you who, like me, all of my racist relatives are dead. Um, <laughs> as, uh, as various people said, wow, we said just talk to them. <laughs> but, you know, uh, so. Don't. I, I don't get involved in this online because obviously they're not talking to me. Right. But shout right. out my fellow small family people. <laughs> and for those of you who are having time to spend it alone or are staying with friends instead of family or however you choose to spend the holiday be safe be kind and after the holiday be productive yes 